Welcome. This is David Thorson, Editor-in-Chief of Footnack International. Today, for our podcast for the June issue, we'll be interviewing senior author Bob Anderson on the article entitled Operative Treatment of Traumatic Alex Valgus in Elite Athletes. Uh, Bob is the founder of the Foot and Ankle Institute at Ortho Carolina. He's a chair of the NFL Musculoskeletal Committee, a past president of the AOFAS, and one of the world's leaders in treatment of elite athletes. Bob, welcome. Thank you, David. I appreciate the invitation to be with you. So I was hoping if you could just provide us initially with a brief summary of this outstanding article. Certainly. This is an article that deals with a variant of turf to injuries in the elite athlete. I want to first and foremost acknowledge my co-authors, two former fellows, Craig LaRoe and Jeff Kovo, who did the yeoman work of trying to look up all the prior turf to injuries managed by myself at North Carolina over the past several years, and then include those that had a halgus of algus deformity with it, and then basically go through all those charts and then identify the 19 elite athletes that we had over a period of nine years that were found to have this variant of a turf to injury. And what this variant is, specifically, it's one that creates a progressive hallux valgus deformity due to a force that's placed on the hallux in a valgus direction. So these are not the classic hyperextension turf toe-like mechanisms that we think of, but rather one that creates a more medially-based injury. And what Dr. LaRoe and Koval did is they, to the best of their ability, not only go through all the charts from a surgical standpoint, but also post-operative recovery and identified, did they come back to play at their sport, at what level did they play, and what type of complications may they have encountered. And in brief, what they found that overall the operative results were, were good, but only 74% of the patients that we managed surgically for this particular first ovarian injury returned to their pre-injury level of play, and that the average recovery time was over three months. So this is not a minor injury. This is one that we believe needs to be thought of when physicians evaluate athletes with injuries to the hallux MP joint and then manage in a very proactive manner so as to provide the best results to that athlete. And for that reason, I appreciate Foot and Ankle International accepting this for publication and hopefully bringing this concept to the forefront. Well, that's a great summary. So one of the things I noted in your article is you mentioned that it's becoming more frequent. Do you have a sense as to why this is happening? Yes, and I believe it's multifactorial. We've done a lot of investigating of the turf to injury in the NFL. The NFL has been very kind to provide funding and support to look up turf toe injuries that have occurred in our NFL players in the vast many years and have the opportunity to go back and actually look at videos at the time of the injury. And what we're finding is it may be a factor of lightweight shoes, shoes that have excessive four-foot bend, the cleat surface interaction. Now that we're seeing more games played on artificial surfaces, it could be that the cleat basically digs into that artificial surface to a greater degree, providing more traction to the shoe, but also creating more torque. And then that may be a factor that is one that can help develop this particular injury. But I think what we're tending to find is this is an injury that occurs in individuals that are cutting. It's the running backs, it's the wide receivers who are changing directions, and as they do so, they place a significant amount of valgus force on that hallux itself. So again, multifactorial, certain the, the speed of the individuals we have now playing 
various sports, not only football, is key along with the, the size of these uh, individuals may play a role as well. With traumatic hallux valgus, is it immediately evident after the injury or does it sometimes develop gradually thereafter? Well, I think it certainly depends upon the severity of the injury, David. We have some that you can identify immediately. The injury is immediately based. They may have ecchymosis along the medial aspect of the joint. And there's an example of that in the article itself showing the illustration of a medial-based ecchymosis rather than plantar like you'd see with a classic turf to injury. So certainly we've seen individuals that are so severe in their medial-based injury that it's quite obvious. On the other hand, you may have an individual that has a more minor type of injury, but over time, as it continues to try to play on the injury, we'll find that his hallux gradually drifts into more valgus than previous. I think one of the things, too, it's important to mention is that a lot of the athletes that develop this particular hallux valgus type of uh, traumatic injury are those that already have pre-existing hallux valgus. So the hallux is already in a pre-morbid state, so to say. They're already at risk because that hallux is in a valgus position. And then when they have that medial-based force into a valgus direction, it just uh, promotes a progression of the deformity over a period of time. Now, is there a time sensitivity for the surgical treatment? For instance, should it be immediately repaired in the elite athlete, or is it sometimes okay to wait until after the season? And again, that's a very good question. I think it's one that needs to be individualized and oftentimes based on, again, the severity of the injury itself. I've had some young athletes that they can't begin to go back and play given the gross instability along the medial aspect of the joint, the inability to push off or cut. On the other hand, you might have one that's of less severity and they may actually have a perceived endpoint as you test them into a valgus direction. And in those individuals, you may be able to allow them to continue to play out the season with appropriate protection. That protection may include a turf toe apparatus of taping, a tape variant from a normal turf toe where it's more medially based, and also the use of toe separators to help to maintain hallux alignment. That and then a shoe with a more rigid sole, a shoe that is wider, may also allow them to return to their sport and then deal with the injury after the season. But I would caution physicians who are managing these injuries that if it is a grossly unstable joint, that they do need to be aware that these joints, if allowed to continue to play, may develop some arthritic changes over a very short period of time. Yeah, you'd mentioned the Lachman or the drawer test when you're assessing these patients. How frequently do you see that where it's the hallux MP joint is actually unstable? Well, I think that it's important to always perform a Lachman and a drawer test in anybody who has a turf toe injury, regardless of whether it's this medial-based variant or the classic hyperextension. So you get the patient comfortable. I don't use an anesthetic, but we do always go and attempt a Lachman test, which is basically a vertical shift test to determine whether or not the plantar plate is competent or not. More important, this particular injury is to test them in a varus and valgus direction. And what we'll do is we'll utilize fluoroscopy to assist in the evaluation of this particular injury. And under fluoroscopy, you test the contralateral toe, and then you test the hallux that's been injured and see if you can impart a greater degree of valgus malalignment with that laterally applied force to the hallux itself. So again, I think it's very, very important to do manual testing. I think it's even more important to do it under fluoroscopic imaging, or if that's not available, at least get some plain radiographs with and without stress. Now, is there a spectrum to the location of the injury? I mean, I understand there's a spectrum to the gravity of the injury, but for instance, sometimes is it just 
like a medial capsular tear, or is there always some sort of plantar plate medial FHB type injury? There is indeed a spectrum to how this injury presents itself. And what we tend to find on MRI is that you always have an injury to the medial collateral ligament, to the medial capsule, and also what's very interesting and what basically delineates this injury from other turf toe injuries is there's usually a strain or a frank rupture of the abductor hiatus tendon as well. So when I see a turf toe-like injury and I see that there's edema, hemorrhage, or whatever in the abductor hiatus tendon and or muscle, then I'm thinking this is a, a variant of a turf toe injury. This likely was a valgus applied force, and we need to be concerned about the possibility of a medial instability pattern. Now, you may also identify an injury that extends into the medial head of the FHB. What highlights this particular turf toe variant, though, is when you look at x-rays, you won't see any proximal migration of the fibular sesamoid. You may see some proximal migration of the fibular sesamoid if, indeed, the medial head of the FHB has been injured along with these other medial-based structures, but you will not see the retraction of the fibular sesamoid, as you might see with a more classic turf toe injury. And then you mentioned the potential sequelae if these aren't treated, for instance, pain, decreased performance, but also MTP joint degeneration. Have you seen this relatively often in neglected cases? I have. I've seen frank degeneration occur from these injuries, and unfortunately, they were cases I had early on when I first was introduced to this concept, and uh, young men who basically did not know they had a turf toe-like injury, the initial inflammation and pain resolved, but they went back to play with an unstable joint and eventually developed significant chondral loss, particularly in the lateral aspect of the first metatarsal head, and then from that developed significant hallux rigidus type of findings. So I do believe that if these young athletes are permitted to return to play and have a grossly unstable joint, even just limited to the medial side, I do think they're placing themselves at risk for developing chondral degeneration and eventually frank degeneration of that joint. Well, Bob, thanks for another outstanding addition to our sports literature on foot and ankle problems. Is there anything you'd like to add before we close today? No, again, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you, the opportunity to publish this particular paper in Foot and Ankle International. And again, I want to thank my co-authors. I just want to, again, reiterate the fact that this is a turf toe variant, one that needs to be identified early on and then treated proactively to diminish the potential long-term sequelae. Well, thanks again for joining us, Bob. Thank you, David.